Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land, and welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. This week we catch up on the second half of our interview with skipper Leo Camacho. Known for his Disney presence on social media, since our first episode with him, Leo has had a huge project break. He's now one of the hosts for a daily video game chat show on Facebook called Game Talk Live. They broadcast live at noon PST, so you can uh, watch it by searching Game Talk Live in your Facebook search bar. Now, if you're a Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, or PC gamer, this show is going to have a lot of great content for you, so check it out. We had a fantastic time chatting with Leo, and we hope you guys really enjoy. Now, as always, make sure you swing over to iTunes to give us a rating or review. It makes a huge difference to us, as we get a lot more visibility from those ratings. And if you are a skipper or know a skipper who might want to share their history with the podcast, give us a shout, junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. Okay, here we go, Season 6, Episode 11, as we present our conversation with the fantastic skipper Leo Camacho in an episode we like to call Adventures in Fandom, Part 2. Kungaloosh, everyone! Um, let's go into one of your specialties for a sure, second and sure, talk sure, about sure. talk about um, Disney bounding and ah, yeah, yeah. and cosplay and sure. you know it's one of my favorite things is to be in the park and see someone with a good a good Disney bounding yeah. uh, and for those people who don't know because I do sure. have a lot of uh, skippers maybe from the sixties and seventies and eighties who listen uh, Disney bounding is when you wear um, clothes that are evocative of a character yes. without impersonating the character without without costuming the character yeah. more more particular um, but yeah it's uh, it focuses a lot on color blocking is the term we use so the perfect example is Ariel she's got green fins so mm-hmm. green pants she's got a purple uh, shell bra so a purple shirt and she's got red hair so maybe a red baseball cap yep. and then your Disney bounding or red Ariel. scarf or whatever you know, it is yeah. yeah you're just kind of capturing those colors kind of placing them in the right areas and in and, 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 uh, sort of representing that character without costuming mm-hmm. them because yeah. you know you're not supposed to costume. Yeah, there 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 are there are policies yeah. in place and yeah. uh, and the lines have been blurred. People do kind of go you know because you know it's social media. Everybody wants to stand out. Everybody wants to show something different, and I applaud that mm-hmm. creativity absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you know they start to get a little bit costumey, and then now you know there's unnecessary drama in the community. Personally, if Disney's not kicking you out, I'm not the police. I'm right. not going right. to say anything. Right. You know, but I don't want it to be something where they don't allow people to do it at all. Well, and there's always someone who's going to spoil the fun. And, and, and that has happened from that. Believe time. me, Jungle Cruise skippers, we know about that. <laughs> we have put our. Feet you guys in. are the rebels. <laughs> we have put our our scripts in our mouth a number of times yeah. and said stuff we shouldn't have said oh, and I, I have, I have, have one done. of those stories okay. a buddy of mine was uh, he's uh, you know you know the um, 
the uh, the gorilla that has the gun and he's looking yep. at the gun and he yep. goes, he's like wow look at that gorilla he's about to have a mind blowing experience mm-hmm. and he was uh, chastised quite heavily for that yep. he that's was almost cool. fired one of those that, that that joke was in the script in the 70s oh was it yeah oh I didn't even know that that's one of those um, legacy jokes that don't work today yeah um, there's a lot of jokes like about the natives that are, oh, are not politically correct imagine. in today's today's universe and that, sometimes uh, I still hear them yeah. Sometimes, you know, like, it's still part of the script, and I'm like, whoa, we're still saying that? Yeah. You know? Well, it's like the cannibalism jokes on the Jungle yeah. Cruise. I love them, but I also understand that they, uh, I, I wonder how long it's going to be before the, the jokes about, you know, yeah. ba- baby back ribs and <laughs> lady fingers and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's but, sort of. But it is the corner of the, the park that's. Uh, and it's sort of a look into the past, right? Yeah. It's in a weird, offensive way. <laughs> so, no, I mean, so, uh, no, I love, I love the Disney bounding thing. Oh, Disney bounding. Because, yeah. Um, because it's that little moment where you look over and you say. I call it the Fight Club moment. I know. Disney Disney fans hate that I use that term, but it is the best term to describe. When you look at somebody and without vocally saying anything, there's a nod and a full-on appreciation that and you know and what a- they're doing. Acknowledgement. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I love that. And and or when you go up to someone like, hey, are you a uh, are you Disney bounding me? They're like, yeah. You know, there's like that yeah. cool, like you get it. You're part of my world. Little mermaid joke. But yeah, no, it was it's really fun. My girlfriend and I started doing that uh, like three years ago. And we were some of the first people to put um, full photo, uh, I guess, lookbooks of our Disney bounds online. Mm-hmm. And it kind of exploded for us. We didn't really anticipate yep. that. I mean, we didn't invent it, to be clear. Yeah. Leslie Kay, uh, a lovely girl, lives up in Canada. She invented it. Actually, she coined it when she was, on, she was literally on her way to Disney land and said, hey, I'm Disney bound. And she was in one of those outfits because she's like a fashionista. And that's sort of where it developed. Uh, yeah. Sarah and I were early adopters of it. Uh, we got we became popular because we were already making online content, so it mm-hmm. sort of was a, a natural progression for yeah. us. But we didn't we didn't anticipate yeah. the amount of attention we what, got. One of my favorites is um, on Instagram is the Disney Pinup Princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, where, where she, every day she she picks a character and she creates a costume, yep. uh, Disney bound kind of a thing just yeah. for her regular life. Sure. that draws homage to it, and she's done like. Uh, you know the hyenas from yeah. from Lion King, yeah. and she she really does. There's a amazing. lot of people that do that now. Another good one is um, uh, Razzle Dazzle Day. She does mm-hmm. that as well. There's another. Uh, there's, I can't remember. There's but there's there's a handful now that like devote themselves to daily putting out Disney bound content, which yeah. is wild. Okay, so uh, Disney bound. So what? Yeah, Disney bounding. So what? I mean, do you? Um, I think it's great. It's fun. I mean, no, and it's fun, and yeah. it's, it's a good thing. I also love when people are Disney bounding with kids yeah. that are also bounding. Oh yeah, like Designer Daddy. Well, he does full on costumes, but they Disney yeah. bound as well. Um, yeah, I think Cause, it's amazing. Because yeah, kids that young can be in costume, right. obviously. Right. But but I, I actually like it better when they're subtle. I like it too. Yeah. I, I don't. I like. I like. A double take yeah. on a Disney bound. I think when I look at you and I'm like, whoa, hey, Ariel, calm down, you know? I feel like that's a little bit too intense. And I think the original idea was for it to be subtle, right? Yeah. Like you want yeah. to be able to walk to the grocery store and have people not know who you are. Yeah. But it's important for the people that do know, right? Like it feels meaningful. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, you're, and you're subtly representing. I'm, I'm very big on subtly representing your fandom. Right. I feel like that's a little, I don't know. Personally, I think it's a little classier than just like, look at me, I love yeah. Super Mario Brothers, and I'm a, the biggest Disney fan. I'm like, okay, I believe you, but now I don't want to talk to you because yeah. you're a bit abrasive. Well, you and, know? It's, and it's it's different because like Universal has taken a very different tact with like the Harry yes. Potter robes. Yes, oh, they let you go in full costume. Yeah, there. they encourage it. Oh, I I have a friend who uh, we went up for her birthday, and she went up as Professor Trelawney. Oh yeah, I've and seen that. I have a friend, a group of friends, Hogsmeade hotties. Yep, they go in complete cosplay. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, do you see? Yeah, yeah, I did drop it, but anyway. Uh, but I mean, do you think it 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 creates a negative experience for the universal guest, or do you think that? I mean, is it a scale? It is issue? jarring. It is jarring. Like being such a Disney person and then going to Universal and seeing that, I'm just like, well, yeah. the other thing too is like the cast members. Well, excuse me, the employees aren't part of a show. Yeah. Uh, like, I playfully well, went... Well, they, they are... Some of them well, play the, along. The, the ones that are in Hogsmeade are. No, that's the thing. Is I went up to a girl at a... The, the girl working one of the carts uh, with the... Um, the butter butter beer. beer. And I was like, hey, I like your hat. Where'd you get it? She's like, from wardrobe backstage. I was like, whoa! That just blew my mind. A Disney play would it. never do that. Right. Well, and they've got <laughs> such a... Like, right now, it's, it's a rough... Um, I, my AP... Uh, runs out there in a couple weeks. Yeah. But Waterworld is down, and they're at some point Waterworld is gonna it, eventually it's gonna get cut. Well, it's because they've got to put Diag- Diagon Alley somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And there's really no other place yeah. to do it. But and I mean, plus, I feel like Waterworld. That's kind of an old property. I can't believe that the show's lasted. I mean, I'm surprised it's not it's still great, Miami it, Vice. It, it is a great show, though. Yeah, it is a great um, show for sure. But yeah, the thing that I want Universal to do is I just you know the the um, the, the escalator staircases. Yeah. Okay, the ones that go to, to the lower lot. Yeah. They're missing an opportunity. They just need a slide. <laughs> just slide all they just need, the way They down. just need a giant slide that you can just get into a little, you know, bubble or something yeah. and just roll. Like or, in the Jurassic World, the bubble, just, the car. Yeah, just slide all the way down. Yeah. Like, it would make it such a great experience. But one person gets stuck. I know. <laughs> Gumballs. All the way up. Um, no, no, I mean, I, and I think Universal's got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Well, they've got really Nintendo good. Land, yeah. so that's going to be I don't know where huge. that's going to go, though. Well, I don't, uh, yeah, I have no idea, but I'm yeah. excited because I'm a big Nintendo fanboy. Yeah. I mean, I just did the Legend of Zelda Escape Room, and I played Breath of the Wild, and it's the only game I'm waiting yeah. for, and I just got I, the link. I am, uh, I am a Kingdom Hearts lover. I'm, oh, I'm playing 2.5 right now. That is the middle ground where everybody agrees. I can yeah. play that video game, and the Disney fans still love it. Yep. That is just, like, the perfect yeah. mixture I, square. I, I play uh, Kingdom Hearts Unchained key on, yeah. on the phone and I'm a top 1000 player for it Whoa. and love the and I'm, and I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not pay to win I'm, I'm uh, you're pay to play or uh, you're play to win uh, yeah so let's go back yeah so one of the things I I was in the comic con scene like sure. mid 90s yeah um and even into like you know oh two oh three really, that's when I that's when I came in like yeah early two thousand I, mean, I was there in in Hall H when Lost uh, I, I, yeah they showed the first fifteen minutes of Lost yeah and I'm just sitting there going oh my god this show is going to be crazy off the hook amazing and, and it was and now we have Star um, Wars because of that oh and you know what I <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like there's another show that I feel like is going oh, like Westworld I think oh, yeah. has elements of Lost totally oh my god it's all I kept saying I'm like this is this show's like Lost nobody knows what is going yeah. on uh, and I I think the problem is though that the internet has become so advanced that you know as far as the communication right. that if Lost were on today all it would have been a different show all the secrets would have been busted a lot faster right. Right. So you have this, you know, because we're communicating so much more efficiently, it just it changes the fandoms. For sure. Uh, but anyway, I think that's why the fandoms exist now, though. Because, right? of, because of that yeah. communication and things like yeah. Lost, yeah. Uh, so I was going to say, it was so I was going, you know, 15 years ago mm-hmm. to the cons. Uh, cosplay was a very different animal. It was a completely different beast. And, and, you know, I went to it was pri- primarily Japanese still. Yeah. And I went, yeah. To, I went to D23 uh, the last time, I want to say it was, what, 2015. Okay. The last time it was in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, is it's it's consuming. It, yes. it is it, it is not a fringe thing anymore. No, no, it's mainstream. Uh, and, and we've got is it Long Beach is this weekend? Long Beach Comic Con. Yep. Yeah, Long Beach Comic Con is this weekend. I, I have friends in the photo community. Yep. Uh, and I 
you know, oh, like the cosplay photographers. Yeah, and stuff? Cosplay oh, photography. a lot of those guys are my friends now. I, that's the thing; it's it's created an entirely new circle of friends for yeah. me. So, what is the Disney? Because I, I know this, it's an, ah, it's an arena. Disney that, is a fringe of a of yeah. The, of the, yeah. I know it's an arena that you you have a lot of experience. Sure. In. So, um, was Disney a comfort? Was it an easy fit? I mean, when you take a look at that community, yeah, it's it's heavily anime, heavily superhero. Yep. Um, and it's fun seeing, you know, some of the, the Disney mashup yeah. cosplays that, that are out there. Sure. Um, but what is it? I mean, it, how do you see Disney fitting into the cosplay community in in a con picture? Yeah. In, in that bigger kind of realm of things. Is it an easy fit or is it is it still struggling to find its voice? Well, here's the interesting thing about Disney, I think, as a fandom, is it sort of fits into everything just nicely because it it's always been right disney is the inspiration for half of the animated things that you have ever seen or if not mm-hmm. all of them um it's always been a mainstay in pop culture um uh, it's something that uh people look at with uh, positive regard right so disney cosplay just seems like a natural extension of everything but it is certainly its own sect there are people that only do disney cosplay yeah. especially princesses um and when it comes to princes and like male characters that's an even smaller demographic within yep. that you know, because guys tend to go with superheroes, and then I went with princes. Yeah. You know, so well, what is? Because um, I know I've seen a whole bunch of princess um, crossplays. Sure. What is it that you've seen that's been really interesting? Like which princess groups that you've seen? Because I've, I've seen yeah, like, like uh, the like the Mandalorian princesses. Yeah, or there was the there was the, the Gotham princesses. The Gotham princesses. Where it was all the yeah. it was all the Batman yeah. uh, characters? The Slave of, Leia princesses. Yep, yeah. all of those. Um, yeah, I've seen. Uh, God, what? So, it's it's tough to say. Like the we, the weirdest or the most like uh, outlandish one. I mean, I feel like it goes to the Mandalorians for sure, just mm-hmm. because of the sheer the size well, and, of that and group, the cost of the the cost of making those, yeah. them, the dedication, the time that it took. I, I, they I, asked me to be Prince Eric in that shoot, yeah. by the way, and I was like, guys, I literally don't have time to well, make I, this. I remember, I remember D twenty three that we had. Um, the the Leia and uh, Chewbacca Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's my friend's. Uh, that was my friend Elizabeth. That's great, yeah. great costumes. Yeah. I mean, amazing that he was on stilts for that entire yeah. con. Yeah, there, um, she's also the winner. Uh, she also won the costume contest at D twenty three that year with the um, with the Matterhorn Yeti. Mm. That was her. She was uh, in the actual Yeti wow. suit. Yeah, um, that bell. <laughs> so if if you were not restricted by funds or time, yeah. If you could just go into your head and pull out a cosplay idea, oh man! Uh, like you could just say, "I want to do," because uh, because mine, the one that I've wanted to do for a long time, I'll let you think about yeah, this yeah, for a yeah. while. The one that I want to do is I want to get a, one of the good quality Boba Fett masks. Oh yeah, paint it so it looks woodblock, right? With like you know a, a tiki room style. Oh so my looks, gosh, like a tiki. So Boba it looks Fett? like a, a tiki Boba. Fett, yeah, with a Hawaiian shirt, lay you know flowered pants. That's and, totally and do, doable. Do a tiki Fett. Cosplay. Yeah, that's the one that I've wanted to do for. That'd be a long cool time. if his gun was like a tiki torch instead. Yeah. Oh man, you could totally do that. No, I, I think that I think that. Well, you have the tiki torch where the rocket launcher. Oh, the rocket launcher. Yeah, it's, that's it's, good because it has the, the unlit. Point. Yeah, just the unlit tiki torch in yeah. the back of it. And oh man, that's super doable. Yeah, that's very. So that's very one doable. that I think would be a really fun one. Uh, that's kind of been in my back pocket for a long time. Oh man, but now it, you got me really thinking. I just need to find someone to do the painting on the the wood cut on the mask, so it looks like it's a wooden. So it's mask. actually wooden. Well, I know a guy. Yeah. I would have said, I, uh, uh, There's it. another guy, Prop Customs. I really recommend checking out his work. It is top quality. Maybe you've seen it. Did you ever see that Groot that went viral that the guy actually yep. made the giant? Yep. That, that dude. He's a good buddy of mine, Kalen Hoffman. Amazing craftsman. And he can yep. make it. Hit him up. He does commissions. He's great. My, my wife has named all of her bellflowers in Pokemon Groot. <laughs> They're all she Groot? Renamed. They're all Groot. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. That's a tough question. If I the dream cosplay at this point, I'll tell you what I want to do, and I always try to keep it a secret uh, because I want to do it, but then I just never get around to it. Is uh, you know, everyone does different versions of all the princesses, particularly Ariel, because she has so many looks in that movie. Mm-hmm. And you'll see, say, I'll dress Ariel. You'll see, you know, uh, like uh, the, the day on the town, the blue dress Ariel, as they call mm-hmm. it, mermaid Ariel. Uh, but there's always like just like main Prince Eric or wedding Prince Eric. I want to do statue prince eric oh i want to do the full paint and look yep. like a guy like on hollywood prosthetics, Boulevard. Get yep. some prosthetics yep. and going. then like spray paint the clothes so they look stiff mm-hmm. and then the wig that looks like stone uh with the with the e placard that he has in front of him and the sword yep. and all that stuff i want to do that costume that's like my dream costume to do and you just have to get a uh, just pose the same way for every just photo. get one of the um the razor scooters <laughs> just like roll around yeah just so just so you don't have to you don't have to actually move you yeah. can just keep your feet in uh that would, that's, that's not yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> um, that's like my one I want to complete eventually. Yeah. It's, uh, I like the, recently there was the guy who did the, uh, the black and white Walt. Where he, oh, yeah. Where he did like the 1930s Walt in the yeah. full black and white. People are so creative now. I mean, I remember I wanted to do um, all the animals in the prince's clothing from Sleeping Beauty when they're mm-hmm. dancing, like the owl and the, and the squirrels. Yeah. And someone, he did it. I was like, dang, well, someone like, beat like a me drone on the or something? That they... No, no, they were wearing, um, uh, the way I wanted to do it, like wear a black morph suit, oh, okay, and then just so you wouldn't, you know, and then have like the owl. So it doesn't in front. pay attention to Ex- the. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it's. Yeah. I do think that we've hit a point where the Disney mashup deviant art got so a little crazy. out of control. Yeah, the, the, the Disney the princesses, fix. Disney Disney princesses as cement mixers. Or... <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but I mean, at the same time, it's kind of fun that that's a thing. You know, that it's big enough to be that weird and uh, uh, granularly. Sideline. So what's what's the future of Disney fandom? I mean, like, what is it? What is the thing that you see as breaking out next as as a? Because I mean, you're in the middle mm. of a whole lot of different yeah, things. Yeah. Um, the future of Disney fandom is. Man, that is a good question. I mean, I guess, I, I think it's. I honestly, I think it's gonna go to. I feel like the live action stuff is going to start carrying a lot heavier. I think fans are sort of gearing up in that direction, especially on YouTube. People are, are you know, taking um, the recreations really seriously and making, mm-hmm. you know, their own shorts and their own little artistic pieces where they dress yeah. up as the characters and, and actually, they act as the characters. That's actually what I think it is. It's, yeah. it's actually, it's content creation. Yeah, it's content creation. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, short movies right. or things. Well, I, it's, it's people talking about the brand the way that they talk about it with their friends. Yeah. And Disney can't do that. Disney can never be that dude who hangs out with you in a garage. But we can. Mm-hmm. Like, we can talk about it that way. Yeah. And I feel like Disney is just now starting to get that. And they're really starting to enable their community. Now, they're not the best at it because they're kind of stuck in their traditionalist old well, ways. Well, because Disney is, and especially yeah. the theme And they have to be delicate. Run, they're run by lawyers. And they have to be delicate. I get it. I truly get it. Yeah. But, you know, I've started working a lot with Disney Interactive, and particularly Disney Style. And they uh, really embrace the culture. I mean, that's one of the reasons Disney Bounding has been so great for Sarah and I, because Disney Style has enabled us, you know. I'm on the Snow White DVD featuring uh, some Snow White Disney Bounds. If you have it, if you have the newest one that just came out, watch the extra features. I'm on it. Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, I can't speak on it right now, but I will be able to in a couple of weeks. But I was part of a big Disney film franchise, uh, and they had me on as an influencer to talk about, like, what it was like being part of the process. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like those little, you know, little nooks and crannies of the fandom are, if, if they elevate that, yeah. I think that is the future of the company as a whole. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that... Um Going back to kind of the jungle and Adventureland, I, I yeah. really hope that the Adventureland brand um, 
whether it's them writing it in for the Dwayne Johnson yeah. Jungle Cruise movie. I can't wait. <laughs> it's just the problem is he's got Jumanji and he's got Doc Brown. Jungle Cruise and Jungle Cruise 2. <laughs> no, Jungle Cruise 3. I mean, he's doing he's doing uh, Shane Black's uh, Doc Savage. Oh, my God. I so you've got three movies that he's basically playing in the same, same time character. period. So my fear is that the other ones will get made first and the Jungle Cruise one will fall by the wayside. Yeah. Well, um, But I'm hoping that they take elements from the stuff that they're doing with... You know, the Adventurers Club, may it rest in peace, um, <laughs> has great characters and great property. Yeah. Um, the new Society for Explorers and Adventurers, mm-hmm. which has become, you know, the, the base uh, backbone for the Skipper Canteen, uh, which, by the way, freaking amazing. Really? Uh, some of the best food at Disneyland. Really? Uh, and Be Our Guest was one of the most disappointing dining experiences that I've had. That. Yeah. Uh, the food wise, the food wise was environment very was nice, but nothing. You don't do anything with it. So. I, it honestly, it felt like people were bringing in sack lunches. The Beast Library, the animation building, it, it didn't feel special mm-hmm. enough for me to to warrant mm-hmm. a four month wait. I get, I get it. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I yeah. feel like they could do a little more with it, but you know, yeah. you can get the great stuff. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I would like to see them tap the adventure and, and also tie them. Sure. You could take Big Thunder and tie it into the into the SEA. Yeah, you could take. Uh, Honestly, probably most of the west side of the park and tied in one way or the other, you know, mm-hmm. pirates or mansion. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, but I mean, I think that that's a property that they could really work with and and have an adventure brand right. because I think the problem with Marvel is it's taking away from their wanting to do something with those properties right. because they have a market that appeals to boys already. Right. So if they have Spider Man and Iron Man and all the you know all the things they're doing, yeah. why would they want to put money into the Jungle Cruise well, and I Big think, Thunder Mountain? I and, think it's an opportunity to create uh, and, and I say this loosely, but more adult content mm-hmm. with an adventure theme. Yeah. Right? Because I feel like when when yes, I get it that millennials are adults now. So um, things like the Avengers Avengers and thing, and Spider Man and all that stuff does appeal to adults. But I feel like there's a different kind of content for the non geek yeah. community yeah. that this would still appeal to them well, but it would also appear to like it's like the mummy movies right they yep. appeal to a much larger well and I, w- I would love to see a big thunder mountain that had a tone of like a Briscoe County Junior oh my god don't even talk about Briscoe County Junior I love that show <laughs> it's one of my favorite but yeah. like I would love to see yeah. something like a that a fun sort of off the wall western and well, romp you know and look the last thing that we had that was kind of Jungle Cruise adventure-ish was like in the 80s there was Tales from the Gold Monkey oh my god with like Bruce Boxleitner yeah was Bruce Boxleitner I never watched anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on YouTube. You yeah. can actually, and they're horrible transfers. Um, but it was kind. it was basically you know Tailspin, the live action series. Oh. It was kind of the, the the feel of it. Yeah. But you know, and was, Tailspin was basically yeah. Jungle Cru- well, Jungle Cruise Star Wars. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, it was you know it was their response to Indiana Jones. It was right. ABC trying to capitalize yeah. on the or CBS trying to capitalize on the Indiana Jones franchise? Which which hopefully with the reboot of that franchise, it, it does spur on new adventure movies because I feel like Hollywood and entertainment in general is looking for the next genre to kind of sweep. Because I mean the super Superhero yeah. one took over, right? Yeah. But that western is dying. What's the new western? You yeah. Know? Well, and that's you know, uh, and that could be something that you know, whether it's Big Thunder or whether it's, uh, I mean, look, Magnificent Seven was not a perfect movie, but it, it, it tried. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was an enjoyable airplane watch. Right. Uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. it, it was a flawed movie, but it had it had. Uh, but Westworld now, like well, you yeah. know, the West thing yeah. is really happening. Yeah. So hopefully, it leads into. You know, those 1920 adventures like The Phantom. Or just, not yep. The Phantom because that's a weird franchise, but like that, <laughs> oh that scale of adventure. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. In a Good purple, purple unitard. With with high-level print on it in the 1930s or whatever uh, it was. The, uh, well, I was really sad Tomorrowland didn't didn't click. Uh, oh, what a wasted opportunity. I was actually was, part of that. I, I really liked the movie, uh, and I really... I like what the movie 
wanted to be. Yeah, there was you know, once again, there were some things that felt. I love I love Clooney, and yeah. uh, I got to meet him three months the ago. Marketing and, really fell through the crack, and not to mention that they well, changed the tone of marketing halfway through their campaign, yeah. which really blew it. Well, and opinion. I think that I think yeah, I think the problem with that was. You can't do subtle marketing anymore. No, no. There's, there's not on a hundred and ten million dollar no. budget movie. And George Clooney's not going to pull your wagon. Like he's great yeah. and he'll be a draw, but you can't just make the advertising. George Clooney's in this movie. Yeah. Well, and I, but I think that that's, you know, you can't do a surprise movie anymore. Right. You can't have a movie where you're not revealing. Look, my my biggest gripe. Uh, I actually will stand outside the movie theater and have my wife text me when the the trailers are over. Really. Uh, the trailers give away everything yeah, now. Yeah, they do. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the passengers. The, oh, you knew everything Jennifer about that yeah. movie. You, you, it was a 90-second well, trailer have that you seen told the latest you everything. Beauty and the Beast movie? Now, granted, we know the story because yeah. there's already a yeah. movie. But have you seen the newest trailer? With the, with the shot by shot? It shows movie. everything. Yeah. It shows the entire movie. I'm like, well, that was great. I guess I'll go watch the movie again. Well, and <laughs> that's, I mean, that was how Cinderella was, yeah. you know, when they did that. Disney's really... I feel like, I feel Disney, like they needed to convince us, though, because people But were, then Disney did Force Awakens and didn't give us a damn thing and it was beautiful that was it was something. it was great that they actually held back something mm-hmm. they they need to uh but then you gotta look at rogue one and everybody's like wait a minute you sold me a movie that i didn't go see yeah you know so there's that conflict well, as well but yeah but they changed i mean they had to, they, they had, had to. to change there sure. was so much sure. in that that but you know get it right like don't yeah. play with us like we we but, we have a but fine look for, taste. but force awakens was a perfect example of them giving us a taste of the universe and hooking us in and not ruining the story oh, i thought it was beautiful yeah but the, but that's so much stuff the look, marketing was spot on well that. but i'll give you a great example of one that just came out this week that played the wrong way which was the great wall the, the oh the my Dayton god one. the great wall uh, by the way, did you see what they released on their Twitter? No. So they released a clip of, they finally showed a close-up of the monsters. You know, because, yep. you know, we know that it's like a lizard monster. Yeah, but we didn't know that for months. I know. That, I mean, that I think that was smart, except for the fact that you, what it came off was, was another Last Samurai Tom Cruise, well, you know, whitewashing thing. Yeah, the, the white, and, the white uh, savior. And, until you get to find out why he's there and the fact that it's not what you think it is, yeah. then the movie makes sense. Sure. And it's okay that he's in it, but it's... When you don't know those details, well, they're, they're they're hinging on him being in it to sell it. Yeah. But they showed the uh, a clip of him shooting an arrow at the at the lizard, and the thing was, it was like, it was like still an alpha model CGI, and but they're selling it as the final cut. It looks absolutely horrendous. Yeah. I, I I think it's going to be a horror. Oh, it's going to bomb it's gonna, for it's sure. It's going to be it's a bomb. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like Tomorrowland sort of you're right. It tried to sell this this epicness without showing anything, but then at the same time not telling us. It was too confusing. Like, audiences didn't... I'm like, I don't know if I should go see that. This doesn't appeal to me. What is it? Is it about George Clooney? Is it about this little girl? What does it have to do with Tomorrowland? Is it, is it a time travel thing? Yeah, and then, and then, look, the production of it was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was a pretty movie. I just... I, it was... It was weird. It was it was a hodgepodge. Well, it was. It didn't know what it was. And, yeah, and, I, and I think that's one of those movies that, that corporate got into it and oh, for too sure. much. for sure. I think Brad Bird had a really clear vision of it, and that yeah. was not what we got at the well, end. Well, I'll tell you, I was part of that uh, program. I, I actually did the uh, educational... I hosted the educational campaign for Disney on the Tomorrowland uh, Steam program. Yep. Uh, so I got to go in very early on when it was still like in in you know the conceptual stages and, and the mystery see a lot box. Yeah, when it was still the mystery, like right after the mystery box idea was sort of taken off the table or on the table in that yeah. period. And uh, and what they showed us, I was like, this is going to be awesome. And then as we progressed with the program, we launched it. It was a great success. A bunch of kids, you know, mm-hmm. came in. But then the movie came out, which I'm glad it came out after this program, and we were like, whoa, this is nothing like what we were yeah. sold. This is t- 
totally different. See, and what, what I wish Disney would do, and I once again, this is my just spaghetti against a wall, yeah. is I wish that they, they would take six or eight creators mm -hmm. and give them a couple million dollars each and blue sky it and just say, you know what, we want to see what the next... IP is, what the right. next interesting project, not just intellectual property. Right. You want but Pixar to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, basically. And, yeah. you know, if you, took, if you took some guys and took a risk on some 25, 30-year-old creators For sure. and let them play with the properties a little with bit. With guidance. And, with guidance. But, you know, if you had someone who said, you know what, my favorite thing in the world is... I'm trying to think of something the parks that isn't like a giant property that they well, can actually... Well, how about actually, the... Uh, uh, like, like old Tomorrowland, like, you know, Adventures in Inner Space. Yeah. Or, you know, something. Something weird yeah, off the wall. Something where it's not... Even, even Splash Mountain. Like, go back to the Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox. Uh, Fox, what could you make with that without uh, being racist? <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they will ever... No. Ever that's very that deep. Property. That's very deep. But what if? Yeah. But what if? Well, what if, like, you could use them as a Zootopia style thing where you teach about, you know, social awareness yeah. and well, issues? Or, or let's take something like, um, just kind of go through the the things that are. What in about the, what about the uh, what's it called? Primeval World. Yeah, you know? like yeah. I mean, there, that'd be cool. Like even like the dinosaur area. Yeah. You know, at Walt Disney World. I think that there's things that you could do that are fun. Uh, well, and the Kingdom Keepers is going to be coming out. Oh yeah, I think yeah. That's going to be an amazing. That's based on the books, right? Yeah. Um, so. But if you had, you know, creators who had a chance to, um, to do something, you know, interesting. Uh, like a gritty Darkwing Duck. That is, yes. <laughs> the gritty Darkwing Duck is absolutely. The problem you're going to run into is you have to use the, uh, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God, no, please don't do that. It's the, the Howard meets, uh, but yeah, I mean, even, uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure that there's something out there that I'm th just not thinking about right now. The, trust me. I yeah, for sure. Well, Soaring, this is Soaring over California. Okay. Like, like if you had something you know where you had pilots and you were involving that. But yeah. I, I just it think can go back to like those old like Disney uh, it, PBS documentary yeah. style things. Because the thing is, Disney doesn't make low budget anymore. Right. And you know when they were doing, they had some really interesting, you know, uh, wonderful world of Disney, world of color, yeah. you know, shows that were really Donald Duck and Math Magic Land. Yep. Or, know, yeah, or, weird or combinations of characters. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, they just don't do anymore because right. they don't take the risks. Right. They don't have to. They made $2 billion last year. They're fine. Or $7 billion last they're, year, whatever it was. They're not hurting. It'd be cool to see, like, a, a really well-done CGI, like, a Disney Afternoon style thing, too. Yeah. Like, if they did do a Rescue Rangers. Or, I, I love that, the Disney Afternoon lineup. And I wish they would do... I mean, I get we're getting DuckTales back, which is yeah. awesome. But which, that's, like, the first step. Which is... Look, Kate Micucci is the best casting for Webby. Oh my god! That you could all of them. Yeah. David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Please, we already talked about how great he is, and Jessica Jones. Like, God, I love that man. Yeah, it's um. Uh, and you've got a whole SNL cast in there. You've yeah, got people it's, from it's, Community. It's a really, really solid. It's such a good lineup, and the way they announced it was brilliant. Yeah, having them sing, sing, sing that theme song. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really like even. Um, that you've got like the Scott Bradley postmodern yeah. jukebox kind of takes oh. on Disney songs. Yep. Uh, that people are doing that jazzy 1930s takes on Disney music mm -hmm, is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, but no, it, it look, we're in the golden age of content. Right. There's more stuff out there and it's tailored toward more people. Right. And that's that's really, I think. And Disney's cracking down on it. Did you hear what they did with PewDiePie? Uh, I did. He uh, And they're cutting. So I'm with Maker. I'm mm -hmm. actually with that company. Yeah. Uh, and they're cutting it down after renewals. Yeah, uh, they're going down to 300 yep. content creators from thousands. Yeah, 12,000 or something like that. So um, if you're looking for content creators, other MCNs, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but you know. Not because <laughs> yeah. they're probably going to give us the boot after. <laughs> well, but I think what you're doing, the stuff that you're doing, is um, well, we're in line with their franchises, yes. right? Like, like we are Maker's Disney yeah, Channel. That's 
which is nice. Yeah, where that's a that's a nice little place to be. But at the same time, we don't have yeah. fifty million subscribers, so they could care less. They're looking for big investments. You know? Yeah, so they use us from time to time. Uh, and it's, I get some really amazing opportunities. Like I got to go out to Orlando in December for Rogue One mm-hmm. and see the Death Star, be, uh, the spaceship. Yeah. yeah, and that was really neat. And they they gave me like this whole four day all expense paid vacation to enjoy the parks and to just yeah. talk about it. And it was amazing. I got to see you know a little bit of Avatar world and stuff like that. And, uh, I, uh, I I was out there. Uh, I saw you know all the stuff that you can see from behind the yeah. behind the fences. Yeah. Uh, I know a couple little interesting things about Avatar that are uh, that's cool. But but again, you things we'll discuss. Influencer. Things we'll discuss off the microphone. Exactly. But, but you're like content creator. Like yeah. it's cool to give you access to that to get other people excited about yeah. these properties. And I feel like we were talking about this earlier. That is the yes. future. It, it would it? be it would be yeah. great if they thought of me in that way. Well, but the thing I, is, like, but but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah, I'm still respect. Sure. I'm still respectful of the NDAs. I, I don't have anyone on the show who's currently employed by Disney. Gotcha. I'm really I'm really specific about making sure that I'm not crossing and even like when we do, I mean I'm, I'm like that too I'm super careful yeah. even though I'm not we, an when we do t-shirts or when we do like games that are in the theme of the thing we're really careful not to sure. not to step on Disney IP I have a I have a pin company called Fanflare and we make uh, fandom pins and mm-hmm. obviously Disney's like a big one but we are always sh- sure that we don't infringe on copyright we have a lawyer look at everything yeah. Yeah. Uh, we like the sudden nods again you know things that well, you keep uh, your friends keep your friends right. you know keep your friends moving because it is important to to have your place within it and have your own yeah. voice but respect the people who created right. you know if we're if we're making something in their name in and and sort of in the line of their products and IPs and properties and all that good stuff like it is only fair to respect it like yeah. i'm only able to make this content because you created yours yeah. and yeah. i owe everything to that yeah and yeah you can't step on right. which is the reason why you know um and, the reason why when we love a product, when we love a concept, it's like the reason why so many skippers were really chomping at the bit in, in not wanting to see the, the Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Jungle Cruise movie. Oh, God, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that, that had sat around on the shelves for eight years, and we were just glad that that never came because it wasn't respecting the spirit. Yeah. But we don't own it. We just inhabit it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, exactly. I, I think and, that and keeping in the spirit keeps yeah. up that. Fandoms sort of... are like apartments. Uh, you should leave them as nice as, as when you came into them, <laughs> if not even slightly better. Yeah, just clean them up a little bit if you can. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's a really great analogy. Because you're living inside someone else's property, but uh, uh, when you've been when you've been as a guest, have you uh, have you had any fun you know, mini celebrity experiences? Uh, like, like running into celebrities, yeah, like that? yeah, or even or or people who recognize you oh, from the stuff you yeah. do. And... We I get re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we go when we go to the parks we we get stopped quite a, quite a bit yeah. um, but obviously like our, our so much of our content is park themed and people watch our videos to prepare to go to the parks because we do a lot of like uh, you know tips and, and best practices and yeah. like here's where you can get this food and um, so that when you come you can prepare so yeah we get stopped a lot uh, and it is awesome I love interacting with people that watch our videos because they're fans just like me mm-hmm. and first of all first of all before anything else if they didn't watch my videos I wouldn't have these opportunities so I'm forever grateful and I'm going to put this out there now because I get a lot of tweets about this if you see me say hi to me I love it I love having those little conversations I'm not going to just blow you off or anything like that it's not See, just but, about a picture. It's about a, yeah. there's that engagement in that moment. You but, know? but there's a reason you're on YouTube and I'm on podcasts. <laughs> you know, it's uh, well, I have one of those faces, right? Like I have giant eyebrows and I look like a cartoon character. I'm pretty easy to spot in a crowd, so that definitely helps. Because yeah. I have another friend. He's one of the biggest YouTube content creators out there, uh, and he's like, people don't even stop me because I just look like a regular guy, but you look like a goddamn cartoon character when you walk around. <laughs> 
Um, is there? Uh, I know we kind of you know hit this on the cosplay sure. thing. Are there other characters that you want to do? Yeah, I want to do Flynn Rider this year. Oh. That's my. I haven't done him, and he's like the most requested cosplay I ever get. Yep. And then uh, I want to do uh, Cassian from Rogue One. Uh, first of all, because. I'm excited that I finally look like Star Wars characters in Poe and Cassian <laughs> because there's never been anyone that looks like me. Um, and secondly, like I'm super proud of the representation. See, I, I was the same way with Porkins. <laughs> oh, dude! I felt- oh my god, do Porkins! <laughs> Let's go! I got my Poe already. You can be Porkins, and we'll be Jedi. It will be uh, X-wing pilots. Ah, uh, uh, do you see? Do you see the new? Uh, the new uh, um, Disney just released a round of. Uh, Props for kids for kid cosplay. Oh no! And they put out the the new from the new movie. Uh, I guess Poe has a black and red helmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They apparently made it in a, in a, a mm-hmm. prop format for people to wear as cosplay. Yeah. But it's only available in kids sizes. Oh my god! And the fandom community is just blowing up about why don't they make it for adults? Uh, it's crazy to me. But I feel like uh, there are com- there are now molds. I ha- I made one myself. Yeah. And it was. A pain to make that thing, but there are like uh, if you go into the cosplay communities, you can find people that sell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get fully finished ones for a higher cost, or you can just get the kits and build them yeah. yourself. Uh, and I I recommend building because it's super fun. Yeah. But yeah, why why don't they make a ready made one? Now there is a perfect replica that you can wear, mm-hmm. but it's so expensive yep. that nobody will ever. Buy that, that was like when I was shopping for the Mandalorian mask for Tiki Fat. Yeah. It was just a little too pricey. Dude, for... I know all those Mandos. Yeah. If you want, uh, the hook so uh, in, no Disney Springs. Look, I. Disney Springs was an interesting... I, I was disappointed in Jock Lindsay's. Uh, I thought that it had great character work, but that the menu was characterless. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they had the boat that's kind of cool. You can sit out, kind of a jungle boat, kind of a feel yeah. to it, and the, the diving bell. But I, I, I wasn't knocked out by it. Uh, Trader Sam's Grog Grotto was amazing. By the way, I can't wait to see how they cast in, in, uh, the outfit for Trader Sam in the movie, because you know he's going to be in the Jungle Cruise movie. Oh, they have to be. They has, he has to. He's the only character with a name in the entire yep. ride. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be inter- uh, yeah. I, I still think it's, it's gonna, gonna be. be I think there's gonna be. Don't be racist, Disney. In, interesting <laughs> challenges in, in racial portrayal. Yeah. Uh, Good luck, Disney. So it's okay. Just cast Johnny Depp again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he ruined. He ruined Fantastic Beasts for oh, me. Oh man. I just want. I want Universal to pay him his twenty million bucks and recast that for the next movie. Might as well. I. I am. Yeah. I, pretty, it took. Uh, it took me out of the out of that movie. To so the you excited point about where, Pirates then? No, okay. I haven't. Cared, I haven't cared about a pirates movie since the second one. Okay, uh, I like the second one. Now, too, yeah. now the second one. My fun story that I've told way too many times in the show was that uh, I was working Jungle the night of the Pirates two premiere in the park. Yeah, because they did the first and second Pirates movie where they they built stadium bleachers around Rivers of America and showed the movie premiere there in the park. Oh really? Um, and I was working Jungle Cruise that night, and so I'm pulling a boat on from boat storage. And I'm like, well, you got VIPs coming. We're going to load them backstage. I'm like, okay, great. And they bring in, you know, suits and plaids and Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. Mm. And so I took them and did my Jungle Cruise spiel. Actually, and, uh, I know exactly. Nicholas Cage was, was with them. Mm-hmm. I know because I just did the Lily Bell train yep. tour and they told me about that exact day. So, that is crazy that you're telling me about so this. So as I came back to the dock, dropped them off, uh, then went backstage and was promptly beaten to a pulp by all the female cast members. They wanted all, to all do the, everything. Yeah, they were. They wanted to have been the ones to yeah. take him out in the jungle. And uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Orlando Bloom story. So, on uh, the the first Pirates uh, premiere, uh, I was not there for this. This is a, sure. a secondhand sure. account. But there's a girl who was uh, a stores cast member who was sitting in the walkway behind the bank. Uh, so behind Lincoln, but like there's the walkway as you as you just enter the park. You go under the trestle, there's yep. a turn to the right, there's an ATM, bathrooms, 
go back there, there's cast, uh, you go back into sure. costuming and stuff. So there's a girl sitting there reading Lord of the Rings, reading The Two Towers. And she's sitting there reading, and behind her, she hears a voice saying, Oh, do you like those books? And, uh, uh-huh. you know, and uh, of course, it's Orlando Bloom yeah. uh, telling her just to wait, things get better, you'll enjoy them later on. Uh-huh. Uh, I had an interesting moment, not nearly as uh, uh, grand as that, but uh, that was, it was, I was in the park filming our music video on Sunday, and I saw someone wearing a shirt from our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which is like still like insane to see that stuff. It, so I walk up to her, and, and this is like a testament to how. Uh, fans of new media attach and how it's much more of a dialogue between the creator and the, and the fan and it's a, it's a closer um, sort of relationship than it is with like movies mm-hmm. I go up to her I'm thinking like I'm going to be really smooth and I walk in and I'm like hey love that shirt you know and she looks at me and she goes oh hey Leo how are your kidney stones you feeling better and I'm like what <laughs> I literally just passed up a kidney stone last week. It was horrible. I, I like oh, missed a bunch of content. It happened to me five years ago. I've had 11. I, I was <laughs> I was in the hospital thinking I was going to die with, yeah. with mine. It was, oh, I had surgery and uh, everything. Mine it was, was crazy. Mine, they passed it. It was a two and a half, two and a half uh, millimeter. Oh, I had six and a half. Oh. That's how, it was, it was torture. Oh, the ultrasound, My first one, out? Uh, they went in with a laser and shot it. My oh. first one was two and a half though. Uh, my first one as if like yeah. I had children uh, but yeah it was it was like the most surreal thing like this lady was like oh it wasn't even like oh my god I watch your channel it was like hey how you doing you recovering okay because it's not a and gap of time so, yeah. it was like I expected to see you here at Disneyland yeah. people think we live there you know and actually it's probably a good it's probably a good uh, discussion to kind of tag into the podcast because I know that we have a, we have a decent listening sure, audience sure. It's, it's by my no girlfriend means. knew you guys were she was like oh I've heard of that podcast that's really yeah. cool I mean look we've got 2,200 people on Facebook. Yeah. We've got, you know, uh, three or 400 on Twitter. We've never been able to to connect the way yeah. that I've wanted to. Sure. And it is a niche podcast. Um, you should think about filming these and put, putting the visual on YouTube. Yeah, you know what? I, brought, I actually brought a camera That's what today. Joe Rogan does, and he's yeah. made a lot of success. I, it's something I've thought about. The, the problem is always um, I don't have Where? the back-end editing yeah. that, that I would like to do it. Um I just started doing Facebook Live, mm-hmm. and you know. Well, they're going to start monetizing that soon, so it's good to yeah. be on that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, uh, but look, I mean, we just—I'm a professional photographer, but I never had done Instagram because the kind of work I do, it's not tied into it. Right. Uh, so I just started doing um, a deeper cut on Instagram, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm like putting up stuff every day. Yeah. You know, I'm getting. 60, 70 responses a day, yeah. you know, out of like, that's how it goes it out of the 200. Like so just building it up because we've got two. I've got one for my professional photography and one for the podcast. Sure. And like we just put up um, in Orlando at One Man's Dream at the, at the studios, they've got the original 1954 jungle maquette mm-hmm. from when they were building the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I didn't even know it existed anymore. That's cool. So we did like 10 pictures of that and we put those up on. We put like the, the Skipper Canteen cups and then we're putting vintage stuff. So we're yeah. putting up 50s, 60s, 70s jungle stuff. It's like seeing uh, Disney from the eye of someone who yeah. really cares about the history of the park. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we're trying to just take the, the oral history concept yeah. for the podcast which is always what it's been about yeah. it's about you know what is the history of the ride the people who work on it you know and expanding upon that is the base of what the show's about um, so we try to make our Facebook page and our, our Twitter not so much Twitter has just become my personal thing yeah, yeah. Uh, but Instagram and really taking and, and putting the vintage stuff on there sure that's great because there's such demand for it there's especially when you interest. pick an aesthetic and you stick to it that'll yeah. make your channel rise for yeah. sure but I mean you know, it is for for the people who are out there that are content creators. Um, you know, what's some of the advice f- that you have as far as 
helping people to widen sure. their audience? Uh, well, first of all, number one, uh, content is king. Yeah, know your voice. Know your voice. Know what you're talking yeah. about and stick to it. Like I said, if you have three things you talk about, stay within that sort of boundary. Yeah. Uh, number two is consistency is almost as important as content yep. because it doesn't matter what you're putting out if you're putting it every three months first of all the algorithm is going to chew you up and spit you out you're not going to get anything yep. but people aren't going to look forward to anything you're going yep. to be a sporadic uh, I, instance to them you know i think that the the thing that i i learned early and that i've tried to, to to talk about is when you start a podcast when you start a youtube channel you're making a promise to your viewers yes yep and it's all about honoring that promise and having yep. good communication like there's been times with us like we had we had a rough uh, winter where we had you know a two and a half month gap of new yeah. content, but we put up reruns and we told people what we were doing and we didn't lose a lot of audience because yeah. of it. Three years ago, when we did the same thing. We didn't communicate it right and we we lost you tons lost of people. A lot, for sure. So I think that you know communication is. I mean, like yeah, I said it's a dialogue. Find your promise. Right. Figure out what your voice is. Um, is it once a week, every Wednesday? Like Thingamavlogs every Thursday now. It used yeah. to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but we just couldn't keep up with that load of content. And our yeah. content was suffering. It wasn't as produced. Mm -hmm. So now we just decided to go once a week, every Thursday, we promise, yeah. and it'll be better produced. Well, and, we promise. You and, know, you know, we had originally, we had three different podcasts. This is the one that, that stuck, you know, but we had other sure. things we were trying. And, you know, yeah. it just... It, yeah, and don't be afraid to try. That's a yeah. really good piece of advice. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to fail, and it's okay to do things that don't come out as good as everything else, as long as you let your audience know. Yeah. We, we did a series of, of eight uh, radio plays, like old school oh, yeah. style, and, yeah. you know, and they, the production wasn't great on them. It was just us doing them live and recording them, yeah. and that's something I want to go back to and re be redo, because we, you know, we have a whole cast of characters and a whole universe that doesn't tread on the Disney IP. Right. That, that's a, it's entertaining stories, but it's just it is a ton of it's a lot commitment. of work. And it's, I don't I don't want I don't want to go back into it until I can do it right. And that's that was another piece of advice I had is like if you're going to do this, do it. Yeah. It is going to be time consuming. It is a second job, if not your main job. Like oh, yeah. it's starting to become. No, I'm we sure quit for our you. Jobs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we quit our jobs to do this full time. Um, well, even and, with me, I mean, I I spend a minimum of, of 10 to 15 yeah. hours a week on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Like, that's 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 standard, right? Yeah. You have to put in that amount of time. Yeah. And don't be discouraged. People will leave hateful comments at first because the, 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 the negative ones are always louder than the positive ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but just look past it. Use it as constructive criticism. Like, maybe there's truth in there and you can use that and apply it to yourself. But don't let it hinder you. Don't let it stop you. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. And collaborate as much as you can. Get other creators to work, help work on content mm -hmm. with if you can like obviously you're gonna have to build your brand first yep. but build something that's substantial and, and consistent and strong and then ask mm -hmm. people to come on do, do you from from your vantage point from as a content creator sure. do you think that at this point you could that podcasting can get to a point where you could amplify your voice enough that it's worth doing because I, I think mm, I think question. starting a new podcast right now is yeah Unless it would have to it, be, it, it would have to be a different voice. Yeah, something yeah. something that's unique and something that's really that no one else and, is doing. And more than that, it's it's the ancillary content created around it. You're going to need to post on all social media to promote the show. Yeah, because no one's just gonna. I mean, they might stumble across yeah. it, but you're gonna need to get the word out there for people that aren't just browsing iTunes for new podcasts yeah. to find it. Uh, yeah. That's the toughest part about doing anything. Snapchat Snapchat is a really good example of that. You can't grow organically within Snapchat. You have to grow your Snapchat through your Instagram through your Facebook. Yeah. Through your Twitter and word of mouth. Well, and I actually, I, I think YouTube is still the the king of content. Yeah, I it think is that currently. I think Facebook that, is coming up strong. Yeah, but I think that's where I think 
if you're doing something, that video is the is the way to go YouTube. on it. Yeah. Now, here's the difference that Facebook has that YouTube doesn't. Facebook, you will stumble across content organically yeah. just by browsing. YouTube, you have to search for it. Yeah. And that will be uh, the YouTube. You know what? But I mean, you get it on the site. Yeah, YouTube's gotten sure. much better sure. at recommendations. Yes. But um, they tend to favor, because of the new algorithm shifts, they tend to favor the high-end content yeah. creators because yeah. they bring in more money. Yeah. So the little guy kind of gets squashed. Plus, their views get uh, sort of pushed away because yeah. they'd rather feature yeah. the higher end well, content. And they also want to feature people who are advertising supported right. because then that right. gives the advertisers a reason to keep on working within the channel and the yeah. content. So like everything else, I have realistic expectations because yeah. this, is a, this is a competitive environment now. It's no longer just a startup mentality. It's a legitimate business. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing for me is I've, I've always looked at it as I just want to cover my costs. Yep. And for me, it's never been a money-making thing. You know, mm-hmm. we do some really fun things. Yeah, think of vlogs. We don't make money. Yep. Like, we've been around for almost It just supports years. the brand. Yeah, it supports the brand, and it enables us. Like, we get to do it. We make, sometimes we make money, but, like, it's insignificant amounts, and we always pour it back into the, yeah. to the channel. So. Yeah, and we'll sell, I mean, look, we'll sell a T-shirt on, off yeah. of Gallery. Yeah. Gallery is a great, I like Redbubble, but, because uh, they have a deeper yeah. product base. Uh, but for print quality and pricing, right. uh, com. Okay. Uh, they've been our exclusive uh, uh, clothing people. Nice. And we have like 65 different designs from Skippers. Oh, wow. That are all... See, that's nice because you can you can have sort of an open source. We, we, we do Shopify. We just have like an online e-store. But luckily, on our channel, we have Tiffany Mink, who's amazing and creative, but she owns the brand Who's It's and What's It's. Mm-hmm. So we get all of our kind of clothing stuff manufactured through her, and yeah. then we put it under the Thingamavlogs brand. So we have like a different avenue for that. But what I like about those platforms, like the one you're talking about, is that they actually will showcase your work yeah. and you can get other people to come in and help work with it and you don't have to worry about manufacturing right that's the cool thing cool. is like if you want this is this is the final point i guess for content creators and growing your brand if you want to do it you can mm-hmm. you just got to be diligent and you have to find yep. those avenues listen to podcasts like these find what other people are doing yep. don't reinvent the wheel start where other people have started mm-hmm. and then you know sort of taper off into your own sub brand but yep. start it with what works yeah well and at the same time too you know look I, I tell people, you know, yes, start with a $100 microphone, yep. not a $500 microphone. Right. You know, start with put your toe in the water and make sure you want to do it. Right. Because once you make the commitment, you've got to be equipped and ready to do it. Um, but try things, you know. Yep. Uh, Don't be afraid. I am lucky, and this this ties back into my Disney experience. I'm lucky that at 30 I could walk away from a job and, you know, and go work at Disneyland and not have – you know, in the time since then, I've had moments where I've struggled, but I've been able to do a whole lot of different things that I've, that I've loved doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as I look back at the last 15 years, between, you know, seven years at Disney parks and six years with the podcast and 10 years of photography and two Kickstarter games and all the other stuff (laughs) that I've done, I, I am so, I am so effing lucky to get to do things that I love and my quality of life because of that is so much higher. Oh yeah. And I I just tell people, look, if you want to do a podcast because you love something, do do it it. because you love something and go out there with, with a, uh, you know, a great attitude and people will follow you. And if it's a good message, you'll, you know, people will resonate with that um, and they'll push it forward. But it's the same thing. Look, it's the same thing as podcasts are people doing waitressing in Los Angeles. (laughs) You know, everyone yeah. thinks that they can come and they can make it, and one percent is going to get a, a break, and one right. percent of those are yeah. going to make it. So. It also it also comes down to how do you define success? Yeah, ten listeners that's a that's a victory. It's better than none. Yeah, if, right? you, if you have a dialogue with it, and, yeah. Uh, I know people who are getting into like doing uh, um, reviews on YouTube of board games. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great. It's a great niche. Do yeah. it. Do something different with it. Right. Um, I yeah, still make it think, your own. I still think the best untapped niche is a podcast that recommends and reviews other Disney podcasts. Because there are <laughs> thousands of them yeah. right now, yeah. and you could just have a podcast where you just talk to people who are making podcasts and yeah. you know kind of just tell them tell other people what they're about yeah. and, and I, I think be, a lot of other be the hub to other that, but not for Disney yeah you know? just to be a hub for other Disney podcasts right. what's my source to find more information on everything yeah. you, as a fan you're hungry for well, it well it's like we're, we're friends of like uh, Sarah the um, the Skywalking uh, Neverland the uh the Star Wars fan podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like Sarah's fantastic. You know, we we're friends with the guys from the the custodial cast members, the Sweep Spot guys who uh, Sweep you know spot. worked as custodial cast members, and they I mean they tell those stories. I mean we we've got tons of different you know things, but you know it it is still a community where there's yeah. so many options and, so and people much stuff want out to there. hear about every angle. That's the important thing. Is like never think your voice is going to get drowned out because. Yep. Because you, people want to hear that. Yeah. And, and, and here's another, sorry, another point. No, I just keep thinking about these things. Uh, don't be discouraged by your own performance because mm-hmm. it is something you have to grow into. Oh, yeah. And you have to learn to yeah. do well. Oh, and, you know, your first couple of episodes as a podcast. <laughs> my first videos are terrible. Oh, my God. Well, and that was, <laughs> that was the, look, if there's one thing that I regret in the, in the time of doing this. So we get the bump in February of 05 from, from the Nerdist. Their very first community cork board. It was a Polly Shore episode. Oh my God. And, you know, they had solicited, and we sent an email, and we're just like, yeah, here's what we're doing. And I would never have thought that they were going to f- use us. Yeah. It was just one of those, like, throwaway kind of things. I didn't pull down our first season or put tags on the front <laughs> of it. And we had this giant spike of people who listened to our first and second episodes where the audio quality was, was terrible, yeah. and they didn't go beyond it. And the people who stuck with us, really love us yeah. but we we didn't realize that people were going to go back and start from episode one yeah that's true I guess you don't, yeah, yeah you, would, so you wouldn't we, think that you think no. they would start at the latest so yeah back. so we lost that we lost that opportunity sure. which was a a bit of a bummer yeah and I hope you don't lose people from this episode because we wandered into X-Men territory no, for no, no reason no no, no. We'll, we'll get back to it um no, yeah, uh, yeah this, um, this is this is cool. I like that you do this. I love that yeah. you stuck to it, and even though you had that weird moment, but obviously it yeah. paid off. Well, and it's you know we stay conversational with it because yeah. you know, I, I, the casual format's the best format. Yeah. Well, and I don't by any means think that uh, I'm not a great interviewer, but I know how to direct traffic. <laughs> yeah, I know when yeah. th- I know when things are stalling, and I know you know when things For move sure. on to a new thing, and uh, but also the other thing is even though you were a jungle skipper for a month, yeah. The thing I found about Sorry, okay, okay. about skipper life, about you know this generation. I was in Orlando two weeks ago mm-hmm. with um, seventy skippers from the nineteen eighties and nineties from Orlando. That's cool. At a big skipper get together, they do it every every couple of years, and I'm hanging out with all these people. And it's the thing I've said from day one. I walked into that room and I was part of their family. Yep. There's an immediate connection. There's an immediate personality. You get it. Where, yeah, yeah. There's an immediate click with those people where um, you know I've got. 30 people who want to do interviews with me by Skype. I have people who, uh, you know, off telling me stories. Well, you like already know, you already, you already know once you're part of that fraternity, as you, yeah. as you said, um, that you're, you're sort of cut of the same cloth, right? You're, you're expecting wit. 
You're expecting mm-hmm. like quick thinking and charm and and all of those things, and it's pretty consistent across yeah. skippers. Well, it's the same with like like hard hardcore cosplayers, right? You you immediately go into a rhythm with your discussion about it, where right. there's an immediate bonding. Right. It's his own uh, ecosystem. It's a, fa- it's a family yeah. reunion. I mean, you know, it's, for sure, because you know that you're related by something. It isn't blood, but there's right. something else. There I think that that through line is true for the Disney fandom in general. Yeah. Skipper is obviously an incredibly potent part of that because it's a commu- <laughs> it's a family within a community. Yes. Yes. Uh, but but it's those things like I don't have to guess what you like. I already know that you like that weird obscure thing that I like, or yeah. that we think the same way. So we're cool. And, and ultimately, I think that's why fandom is so powerful. Right. Because yep. if, if I'm into the original Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the <laughs> 1980s, or if I'm into, um, you know, what, you pick, you know, Briscoe County Jr., yeah, or whatever it is that you're into, the fact that someone else has the same passion that I right. have is an immediate um, icebreaker. It's an immediate thing that we know that we have in common. And fandoms are all about what is it we have in common and how do we love it together. Right, right. Uh, And that love, I mean... Because then I know that you have also spent four hours on Wikipedia going down the rabbit hole for the original 1980 series of Voltron as it was transferred over from Golion. See what I'm saying? (laughs) There is no no hate fandom. That's right. There's not people who are united because they really hate something. 4chan. But <laughs> <laughs> certain certain subreddits maybe, but uh, yeah, no, no. In in general, people do it because they love something and they want to share their love, sure. and that's always a powerful yeah. thing. To and, do. It, and it creates moments like this. I'm here with you because of that very same philosophy. And, and Leo, I'm here with you. Oh. So all yeah, right, well, that's a good you, good place good place to wrap it up. Uh, Everyone, uh, where where can people find your amazing content? Yeah, well, you can uh, follow me personally uh, at Mr. Leo Zombie everywhere, except for Twitter. I'm just at Leo Zombie because I'm difficult. Uh, and if you want to follow my YouTube channel, it's at, uh, excuse me, on YouTube, it's just Thingam of Vlogs. It's just like Thingam of Bobs, but. But if someone, also, if someone searches um, Leo Zombie or Leo Camacho, it comes, it right comes up. up. On, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. On if you YouTube just search well. me, it'll pop up. Uh, both my personal channel, which is a little boring, and Thingam of Vlogs, which is much better. Yeah. Um, well, but I think, and I, and I think you're Disney content uh, is is very watchable. It's, oh, it's a you. very consumable Thank you. you know. It means a lot to me. So. Uh, but yeah, I would appreciate it if you guys give me a follow and if you found me from this podcast, give me a shout out because I'm really curious to see. I want to meet this community. I think you guys have something really cool going on yep. here. And, and for all the new people who are joining us because uh, they saw that you linked to us. That's right. Uh, guys, we've got 160 uh, episodes. Only. 100, 100 <laughs> well... Actually, it's probably more than that now, but over 150 skippers we've interviewed all the way back from the 1950s. We had skippers who worked on day one. Wow. We had skippers who worked with Walt. We had people through the 70s, 80s, and 90s who shaped the ride. Uh, we had a guy, uh, Sully, who uh, amazing guy who uh, was Walt's chief of security for the Snow Valley Olympics oh, and who went to the World's Fair with him in 64 in New oh, York. Oh, that's so cool. And who was, the, who was the opening manager for Magic Kingdom in Orlando and the opening manager for Epcot. So a rookie. A rookie. Disney. We've had Dis- <laughs> Disney legends on the show. We're still working on John Lasseter. We're still working, on, away, still working on Kevin Costner, who was a skipper. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, one, one summer, 70-something. That's a different episode so. of Waterworld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waterworld with jokes. That's right. Uh, but no, Leo, thanks so much for, <laughs> Thank you for, for spending me. the time and we're probably going to talk for a while longer about other nerdy things. Yeah, so. for sure. Un- undoubtedly. All right, everyone, keep on checking us out. Uh, every every Tuesday, we're putting up new content uh, and everyone out there in internet land, Kungaloosh. Later, guys. <laughs>